Right, first John chapter one. First John chapter one. Last week we uh, covered the first four verses of 1 John chapter 1, that Jesus is real, how that uh, John had, had, had heard and, and, and looked and touched and contemplated, uh, had heard in his own ears the things that Jesus had said, had handled with his own hands Jesus himself. Uh, today we're going to look at this, this, this real Jesus and how he provides fellowship with the Father. Now remember that uh, fellowship is God's answer to loneliness. Right? If you are lonely, if you, if you feel disconnected, God has designed fellowship with him and with other believers as a cure for that. And that joy is God's answer to emptiness. If your life seems empty, purposeless, directionless, God has designed joy to remedy that. See, God wants you to have fellowship and joy because you need it, and it is more than just good for you. See, fellowship, that companionship, partnership with the Father should be one of your highest spiritual goals. He wants you to enjoy it, so that means that you have to know where it comes from and, and what gets in the way, what would prevent it. So we're going to spend the next couple of weeks looking at the provision for fellowship and then the hindrances to fellowship with God and with others. This paragraph, uh, it begins in verse 5. It really goes down to chapter 2, verse 2, but there, there's too much there, and, and, and I don't want to preach until 1 o'clock, so we're cutting it in half, okay? We're going to work uh, from chapter 1, verse 5, down to chapter 1, verse 8 this week, and we'll cover the other half next week. So 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So, verse 5, point number 1, the basis for the fellowship that Jesus provides. The basis for the fellowship that Jesus provides is uh, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare we unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now, John has made it clear that his purpose is to bring his readers and then by extension us into fellowship with God and into fellowship with other believers. He proceeds from the nature of God, okay, who God is, and then he sets out the conditions for the fellowship. See, God has set conditions, terms, if you will. We only get to fellowship with the Father on his terms, on the conditions that he has set out. But he, through, through our faith in Christ to be saved, uh, enables us 
to meet that criteria. He wants us to meet the criteria. In the introduction, verses 1 through 4, John asserts that he has, has, has been writing about things that he has heard and seen and touched. And here he begins with the same, same thing. He reminds us of something he has heard. You know, John doesn't use the word gospel in 1 John. Uh, but things like witness or uh, testimony, he uses the word, the truth, hear the message. Uh, now, what was it that he had heard? Remember, he'd, he had heard Jesus with his own ears. He had heard that God put on human nature, that God put on flesh and wants to fellowship. He wants a relationship with them. Now, remember that it was the ambition of the apostles to be found faithful and to faithfully deliver the message that they had received and 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 what was communicated to them i mean they were very careful to spread that that same message as far as they could now part of that message part of what john had heard was that god is light see john had a unique relationship with jesus and nobody really tells us as much about god as john does In chapter 4, he says he is spirit. Here in chapter 1, he says he is light. Back in chapter 4, again, it says that he is love. And these statements concern what God is, okay? Not what he does. It's, It's who God is fundamentally, but not how he chooses to express who he is. See, God is, is light. God is, is, is the fountain of wisdom and purity and, and, and beauty and joy and glory and holiness. All that emanates from God. All spiritual life and growth depends on God. You know, light is the only visible expression of God. Even in the Holy of Holies, His glory his presence is described as a, as a bright and overpowering and consuming light. Remember in the Old Testament, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would take the blood into the Holy of Holies. He would put it on the Ark of the Covenant, and massive amounts of incense were burned, creating a very thick smoke. Have you ever seen what what thick smoke does to bright light? It it diffuses it. It reflects it. It becomes part of it. Now imagine this. This high priest would have been uh, in, in the Holy of Holies. He would have seen God's glory begin to reflect in and around those particles of smoke in that room. The high priest would have been engulfed The high priest would have been consumed, surrounded by, he would have been inside the glory of God. He would have been in, in the presence of the glory of God. He was was in, surrounded by, he was in the light of God. You cannot separate God from his glory. And that priest, when, when the glory of God came and, and, and that light shone all through that room, through the particles of smoke, that priest was inside the presence of God. 
that God is light. And in describing God as light, which John frequently does, he is thinking of God as the revealer of his holiness, the revealer of his purity. See, light's just the natural symbol for a, for a striking righteousness, just, just as darkness is, a, is an example of the blackness of sin. See, God is light in his very nature. The expression's not a metaphor, okay? It's not a word picture. I mean, light is what he actually is. I mean, physically, it represents him in all his glory, and intellectually, it represents him as the fountain of truth. Morally, it is his holiness. As, as it's immaterial, it responds to God as spirit, and, and as light is diffusive, it represents God's love reaching everywhere. As the condition of life, it is God as life. And as pure and illuminating, it is his holiness and his truth. One commentary says, God as to his nature, essence, character is light. That is, God as a person has a character or nature that partakes of light. That light, of course, is not physical light. For John, in the context of speaking of spiritual things, that light is ethical, spiritual, moral, and darkness in him does not exist, not even one little bit. That's what it means, no darkness at all. That's a strong negation, not even one speck of darkness. No ignorance, no error, no untruthfulness, no sin, no death. Jesus is the whole manifestation in the flesh as the brightness of the glory of God. He is all the beauty, all the perfection that can be represented to us by light. He is self-active uncompounded spirituality and purity and wisdom and holiness and glory that is your God he is the absoluteness the fullness of the excellency and perfection there is no defect no imperfection no mixture of anything that is alien or contrary to absolute excellence there is no mutability no capacity for any decay in him there is no darkness at all that is your god and as light light exposes He exposes sin, and he condemns sin. If anybody walks in darkness, we're going to read, he's he's, he's hiding from the truth which the light reveals. You cannot walk in the light while you're hiding in the dark. And to fellowship with God, you must be in his light. That's the first condition, verse 5. If you're going to have fellowship with God, and if you're going to have fellowship with other believers, you must be in the light. Now, what might hinder you being in the light? Look at verses 6 and 7. If you're taking notes, point number 2 is the hindrances to the fellowship that Jesus provides. Verse 6, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Verse 6 says, if we say, now, now what, 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 what John is doing is, is proposing a, a, a hypothetical case, okay? He, he's, John puts the case into supposition. It's not assumed fact. He's just kind of saying, let's say for the sake of argument that somebody says they're in the light, but they're walking in darkness. Then again, we have our word fellowship, and it has that primary meaning of a joint participation with somebody because they have things both in common. It's, it's, it's a oneness that we're usually very uncomfortable with, um, unless it's in our most intimate relationships. We're, we're, we're unaccustomed to this kind of honesty and this kind of vulnerability. But we can't walk with God and we can't walk with each other without it. So the hypothetical case is this person says that they have things in common with God. They say they have common likes. They say they have common dislikes. They say they have a common nature, uh, which, you know, basic things end in, in the communion of interest and activity. Uh, they, they like the same things. They dislike the same things. See, mutual fellowship depends on mutual knowledge. You must, by experience, know the one who you say you have fellowship with. See, words alone do not bring fellowship with God. Let me say it again. Words alone do not bring fellowship with God. Talk is cheap, and nowadays talk is just about worthless. Since God is light, it follows that a Christian cannot truly claim communion with him while living in darkness. See, John knew, as every perceptive pastor does, that Christians sometimes pretend spirituality while engaging in acts of disobedience. Spurious claims to fellowship with God have been really a tragic reality for all of church history. A Christian, if you notice air quotes, one of the cutest things I've seen my grandson do air quotes now means I may be doing them too much, right? But a Christian who says he is in fellowship with God who is light, but who is disobeying him, walking in darkness, is lying. There's no other way to say it. And, and if you think I'm, I'm harsh here, remember that, that God himself calls you a liar. I just brought it to your attention. He tells you this because he wants fellowship with you. And he wants nothing in you that would stop that. So he brings this to your attention to, to kind of shake up your lethargy a little bit. He's not doing it to be mean. He's doing it because he loves you and he wants nothing in the way, nothing to separate you and him. You fellowshipping with him is so important to him that he is ready, willing, and quite able to make you extremely uncomfortable in your sin so that you repent of it, you forsake it, so you can fellowship with him. This is more than a comfortable religious feeling is needed to fellowship with God. We have to test our feelings by the revelation that God's given us, by his word. And, and the error that John is denouncing here is uh, he's, it's, it's the refusal to accept the light that God has given us in his word. 
it's, it's preferring to go your own way in your own sin instead of doing it God's way, the way he has, he has lined out the conditions, the criteria, the terms that he has set down. It's trying to do things your way instead of God's way. The verb speaks of habitual action. So this person who says they're walking in the light, but they're walking in darkness. Uh, it's, it's sinning habitually, continuously, which shows that really the, the person's unsaved. No, no child of God sins habitually to the exclusion of righteous, righteousness, righteous acts. Uh, people of God don't live in sin because they're in the light period. What you feel or think really has no bearing on the reality. It's just what God says. You know, we speak of telling the truth, but, but truth can be a quality of action as well as a quality of speech. The truth that God has made known must be lived out in the lives of his servants. Truth is not only what one says, but truth is what one does. To walk in the light is to walk in subjection to the word of God. To walk in darkness is to live and act according to ignorance, to error, to wrong practices that are contrary to the word of God. So this person, hypothetically speaking, walks, he orders his behavior, he conducts himself in the sphere of sin. His actions and words are ensphered. That's a cool word, right? Ensphered by sin. If you, if you picture sin as a black ball, this person is in the middle of that black ball. They're making claim to fellowship with God while at the same time ordering their behavior within that ball, that sphere of sin. It's an unsaved person. John says that in making that claim, they're lying. They're not doing the truth. They're not living the truth. Matthew Henry says they, they belie themselves or lie concerning themselves for they have no such communication from God, nor access to him. He goes on, there is no truth in their profession, nor in their practice, or their practice gives their profession and pretense the lie and demonstrates the folly and falsehood in them. Now this is, this is not judging, okay, but, but warning you so that something can be done before it's too late. Walking, living in darkness, what it does is it, is it, it, it voids your claim of having fellowship with the Father. And the Father so desperately wants to have fellowship with you. Now, he doesn't need you for anything. But he loves you and he wants you to have fellowship. And he wants nothing in your life that would stop that fellowship. Look at verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And that walk is again stressing the habitual action. It's, it's the habitual action of a person that, that, that is the index of, of their character. This is a Christian because only Christians are able to walk in the light that is God. I mean, it's, it's what he is. It's, it's where he dwells. 
if we Christians order our behavior within the sphere of light, John says we have fellowship one with another. And that one with another is, is us and God first. Okay, it's not fellowship with each other first. That's important. But the most important fellowship you can have is with God. So the one another there is you and God first. Okay? Then with each other. I mean, I like you guys, but I'd rather have fellowship with God first than fellowship with you guys. All right? You should want the same thing. Your, your priority ought to be fellowship with God. If we have fellowship with God, then fellowship with one another is a natural outcome or outflow. You know, we can only do that, as Philippians says, if the Lord works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God gives us not just the want to, but the do to. He gives us the desire and then the ability to walk with him. Walking in the light as he is in the light, that's not just imitation of God, but it's, 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 it's identity with God. Walking in the light is walking in relationship with God. You know, it's not so much the, the sinning and the not sinning. It, it's, 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 it's the fellowship with God or not fellowship with God it's it's the relationship or not the relationship with God we we have no relationship um, you know if if we have no relationship through through faith in Christ then then we're walking in darkness that's the only thing left we we don't get to make the call as to whether we're in fellowship with God or not God makes the call as to whether we're in fellowship with him but he's showing us how he makes that call Because, again, he wants us to have fellowship with him, and he wants nothing in the way. Without having fellowship with God, there can be no true and Christian fellowship with each other then. Because remember, if it weren't for Christ working in us, we probably wouldn't like each other. I mean, to get this diverse a group of people to hang out together on Sunday morning, you know, and, and then to eat lunch together. Uh, if, if God had not done a work in us, we probably would not hang out together. We wouldn't fellowship with one another. But we fellowship with God first. And, and if we, as saved people, fellowship with God, then we can necessarily fellowship with one another. And we can even like it. Right? Walking here is a metaphor. It's, it's a metaphor for the whole way of life. It brings out the truth that you, as a Christian, uh, really should make steady progress. Even if it's not spectacular progress, steady progress. To walk in the light is to, is to live righteously day by day by day. And, and here the Lord even... even reinforces it the strongest possible way. It says, as he is in the light. You walk his way because by faith in Jesus Christ to be saved, he has put you in him. So you're now, therefore, also in the light because Jesus put you there when he saved you. Now, how do you know? Because you can't walk in the light Unless you're in Jesus. And if you're in Jesus, you are walking in the light. Christians live Christians live in a godlike way. We we can't 
not. You won't be perfect, but you'll be progressing. Because God is light, it's important that his people walk in light. Walking in light is, is in, in, in spirit and in practice. What it does is it demonstrates that there is already fellowship and communion with God. One commentary says, those that so walk show that they know God, that they have received the spirit of God. That the divine impress or image is stamped upon their souls. How do you tell if you're walking in the light? How do you tell? Right? This is deep. Yes, I'm being sarcastic. Right? Are you ready? How do you tell if you're walking in the light? Because you can see stuff. You walk around your house with the lights off, you can't see stuff. And there goes the pinky toe on the coffee table. Right? Okay, you're walking in the light of God, you can see things, you'll acknowledge whatever the light reveals to you, right or wrong, and you'll respond accordingly. To walk in the light means an openness and a responsiveness to what the light shows you about you. So that when the light of God exposes sin in your life, you do something about it. See, two things are true of believers who walk in the light. First of all, they are in fellowship with God already. Okay? You can't walk in the light unless you're in fellowship with God already. And secondly, they are being cleansed from every sin. Now, so long as there is, is, is true openness to the light of divine truth, Christians' failures are under the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's only in virtue of the Savior's work on the cross that there can be any fellowship between imperfect you and perfect and holy God. The requirement for fellowship is to let the light reveal the right and wrong that is in your life. And that happens continually. The Christian never becomes light okay, until his body's changed in the future. Okay, you don't become light until you're glorified with him later on. But but you must walk in response to that light here on earth you you must walk in 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 accordance to what 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 the word of god says and when that happens there's going to be two 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 consequences here right first there'll be fellowship and then there'll be cleansing you'll be in the light god will show you your sin and 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 as you repent and confess and forsake then then you'll be constantly cleansed and see we we have this word here, it's, it's really one word, but it's, it's one another. We have fellowship one with another, right? That, that's a reciprocal pronoun. It shows reciprocity, wonder of wonders, okay? This, this is cool. Not only do we have fellowship with God, but he reciprocates, all right? He, he, he reciprocates in having fellowship with us. He wants to fellowship with you. He desires companionship and partnership with you. 
Will you say amen or what? Come on, you can do better than that. There we go. Goodness sakes. See, this fellowship is not one-sided. He's not left us down here to do all the work. It's not like a married couple where, where, where only one spouse loves and the other spouse doesn't. No, no, this is, this is a joint response. We have fellowship, us and God, one with another. He condescends to fellowship with worms like us. Sinners saved by grace. And he desires that. And all it takes, all it takes, right, is the blood of Christ and your continued repentance and forsaking from the sin that the light reveals to you, which you will do because you love him and you're walking in the light because you're saved. Fellowship cleansing. We have fellowship with him and he has fellowship with us. See, the light itself is, is, is the fundamental reality that we share now. And, and one commentary says, so true communion with God is living in the sphere of where your experience is illuminated by the truth of what God is. It is to live open to his revelation of himself in Jesus Christ. And while we're having fellowship with him, the blood of Jesus, his son, keeps constantly cleansing us. He cleanses us from sins of omission, things that we didn't do, sins of ignorance, things that we didn't know were sin, sins that we know nothing about because we haven't grown enough to even know that they're sin. Those things are cleansed too. What I didn't mention last week when I was telling you how many which words showed up how many times, the word sin occurs 17 times in this little letter. See, sin is the problem that God has with you. It is the problem. And Jesus is the only one that can fix that problem. It says he cleanses us from all sin. Now, sin is singular here. It's it's, it's not the list of sins. It is sin in principle. But he adds all because it shows that that sin in principle can demonstrate itself in a lot of different ways. It says, The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. The eternal life, Matthew Henry says, the eternal Son has put on flesh and blood, and so became Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has shed his blood for us, or died to wash us from our sins in his own blood. His blood applied to us discharges us from the guilt of all sin both original and actual, what you were born with and what you do. And then he goes on, inherit and committed, which is another way of saying the stuff you got from your folks because you were born, your sin nature, and the sins that you commit. He goes on, and so far we stand righteous in his sight, and not only so, but his blood procures for us those sacred influences by which sin is then subdued more and more till it is quite abolished. See here, now that we have fellowship with God, 
he's not talking about justification through the blood once for all, but he's talking about the present sanctification because cleanseth is, is, is in the present tense, which, which, which means the believer, you, if you're saved as you're walking in the light and having fellowship with God and enjoying fellowship with God, Jesus is right there cleansing you from all the sin. Christ's blood is cleansing. It's the cleansing means whereby we, since we're already justified, made right in the sight of God and in fellowship with God, we become more clean and more clean and more clean from all the sin that would mar and harm our fellowship with God. You picture this. You're sitting in the woods in the middle of the night, pitch black darkness of night. But as you're sitting there, the, the earth is rotating. It's, it's going to bring the day. The closer the dawn gets, the, the less dark it is. And as sunrise nears, the the shadows begin to lose their form. As the coming day relentlessly pushes away the night, your sight is made more and more acute. More detail is revealed. Shadows flee until the sun itself and all its brilliance just blasts you in the face. So it is you walk closer and closer to God. More and more of your sin is revealed to you. It appalls you, but you remember that you've already been cleansed and you are being cleansed. Your sin and its power and penalty are gone. See, even, even the greatest saints need cleansing. We saw, first of all, the denial of the reality of sin hinders fellowship. We're going to just get to verse 8 today. The denial of the principle of sin hinders fellowship. Verse 8 says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, if we miss this, verse 7 makes no sense. Okay? Because verse 7 just said that our sin is cleansed, and verse 8 says, says that if we say we have no sin, we're self-deceived. What he means is that, that, that if we say that we have no personal guilt, no, no principle of sin, yes, we're cleansed, we're being cleansed, but we still have that sin nature in us. Just because we're not conscious of failure does not mean that we are free from failure. See, the denial of our sin not only deceives ourselves, but it reflects dishonor on God. It challenges God's veracity because he says we have sin. We say we don't. Who do you think is right? See, John was dealing with the heresy of the eradication of the totally depraved nature, saying that once somebody got saved, they no longer had a sin nature, so they just couldn't ever sin again. It's a heresy of perfectionism and the eradication of the evil nature. It's a, it was a problem back then. It's a problem today. This heresy is, is the denial of that indwelling, totally depraved nature passed down humanity from Adam. And John says, if, if, if we say that sin we are not having, ourselves we are deceiving. The confession of sins is a, it's, it's a necessary consequence of walking in the light. Remember, you turn the light on in your living room, you don't hit your coffee table. You walk in the light, 
You see your sin so you can repent of it, so you can avoid it. See, light exposes dirt. I mean, ladies, what's easier to clean, a a dimly lit house or a well-lit house? Well, it's a well-lit house. You can see the dirt in the corners. You can see the dust bunnies under the couch, right? Light exposes your daily sin. And this sin refers to the corruption of that old man, that old sin nature that's still present in us, and the stain created by the actual sins that are flowing out of that sin nature. To confess our need of cleansing from present sin, it's essential to walking in the light. It shows that we are walking in the light. Because a believer uh, hates, confesses, longs to be delivered from all sin, anything that would hinder the fellowship. One commentary says, they who defend their sins will see in the great day whether their sins defend them. They will find that they don't. Verse 8 says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. We deceive ourselves. We can't deceive God. We can only make ourselves stray from the light. The Christian who believes his evil nature has been completely eradicated is deceiving himself. He's not deceiving anybody else. Everybody else can see the sin stick out all over their life. And that sin must come from that indwelling sin nature. So if you say you have no sin, the only person who believes you, if you say you have no sin, the only person who believes you is you. None of us are going to believe it. It says the truth. The truth is not in us. The truth respecting God's holiness. The truth respecting our sinfulness. If we think that we have no sin, we can go no farther. We cannot move towards God if we contradict what God says about our sin nature. The consequences of not confessing that we have sin or two, two consequences. First of all, we deceive ourselves. Literally, we lead ourselves astray. We get lost on purpose. We do for ourselves what Satan endeavors to do. We do Satan's job for him. And secondly, the truth is not in us. We shut out the light. We live in that atmosphere of self-made darkness. See, truth, truth here, it's, truth is viewed dynamically. Truth can, can set up its home. Truth can, can, can live in people who love the truth. But to say such a false thing as, as that we have no sin makes it impossible for sin, or uh, I'm sorry, for, 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 for truth to dwell in us. I mean, it's a, it's a modern fallacy that claims, well, you know, sin's not that bad. Sin's just a disease. Sin's just a weakness. It's something due to heredity or, or environment. It's, you know, it's just, you know, it's not your fault. But guess what? It's your fault. Absolutely, it is your fault. People regard sin as their fate, but not their fault. Those people deceive themselves. So another commentary says the Christian life 
is a life of continued repentance and humiliation for and mortification of sin. Mortification of sins, the putting to death, treating as dead sin, Romans chapter 6. It's continual faith in, it's continual thankness for and love to Jesus Christ, your Redeemer. It's that hopeful, joyful expectation of, of a day when, when we will be redeemed gloriously in which even the presence of sin will be removed and abolished forever. That's what happens if we say, verse 8, that we have no sin. We are self-deceived. Now, let's wrap this up. God, the Father, he wants fellowship with you. He wants you close to him. He desires relationship with you, partly at least, only because only, being, only being close to him is going to bring you joy. Only being close to him will give you joy. This fellowship, relationship, is provided by Jesus Christ, God the Son. Jesus places you in the light and establishes your fellowship, and then he maintains your fellowship. He continually cleanses you, so he maintains your fellowship. Since you're being continually cleansed, it means that you need to be continually cleansed. Do you realize that? That if Jesus is continually cleansing you, it means you need to be continually cleansed. And for you to deny that means that you're self-deluded on purpose. That you're still walking in darkness. You're not saved. There's no fellowship. There's no joy. But God can take care of that. And he wants to take care. He so desperately wants to take care of that for you. He will save you. He will establish fellowship with you. In Christ, and he can give you joy. You only have to trust Christ to save you. If you're not saved, you admit your sin, you repent of your sin, you turn to Jesus uh, to, to, to be rescued, and, and, and he will rescue you from the power of sin and the penalty of sin, and later on he will remove even the presence of sin, as we have said before, and then, and then there will be that joy-filled fellowship and relationship with God it'll be yours and it'll be yours forever and God will never let you go but only through faith in Jesus Christ will you have fellowship and joy he wants that for you so I want you to stand with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and I want you to be honest before you and God I am not going to ask for anybody to raise their hands this is between you and God, but I want you to examine yourself as to whether you are in the household of faith. Are you walking in darkness? Are you pretending to have fellowship with God? Or are you walking in the light, obedient to the scriptures, enjoying the presence of God in Jesus Christ? Is there joy in your relationship with the Lord? Is there fellowship with him and other believers? If there is not, there's reasons why. It's either sin or a lack of salvation. 
You know, people get really upset when you begin to question their salvation. You, how dare you say I'm not saved? But think of the, of the consequences of going on in your sin, self-deceived. I pray the Holy Spirit will convict you, open your eyes, unblind your mind to see the truth of your condition before God. Father, this morning we come to you so very thankful for the fellowship we have with you through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that is not in fellowship with you, that has deceived themselves, that has played the game, that, 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 is, that is pretending to have fellowship with you, but Lord, they're walking in darkness, they're not saved, they don't know you, I pray, Father, you would convict them and draw them to yourself. Lord, you so desire to have fellowship with us that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die a horrible, brutal death, to have your hot hatred for sin poured out on him as our payment. So, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would do what only he can do this morning, and is to work among your people. And work among those who are not your people, that they do indeed by faith in Jesus Christ become yours. And it is to that end we pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your songbooks, 542.